0: Previously
1: on That Cthulhu John. You show up to the hospital with
0: some food.
2: Walter, how are you feeling?
0: They patched me up pretty well.
2: I wanted to call Byberry. I'm calling for Ginger Fredrickson.
0: Miss Fredrickson was
1: checked out in the custody of one Derek Bradshaw.
2: What? He's who made her go insane.
1: Thompson, what are you doing now? I had a phone call to make. If you would like to meet
2: now, I am free.
1: You see a rather attractive woman opening the door. Shall we get right to business? Well, detective, if we're all business, then let's be all business. And you start to see a large reptilian face peek forward. And then you see in front of you is an Ophidian. (laughs) Thanks for joining us for That Cthulhu John, episode 53. We are a Real Play Call of Cthulhu podcast. I am George, your Keeper of Arcane Lore. And with me are my friends and investigators, Chad. What's up? Chuck. Oh, hey. And Jenny.
2: Hi. All
1: right, guys. So when we last left off, uh, Detective Thompson had gone to a rather run-down house in... Logan,
3: Not a great neighborhood. Pretty spooky house. (laughs) Some really big, nice old houses, though. It's true.
1: Huge. But this uh, particular rundown house was home to what first appeared to be a rather attractive woman. But, of course, turned out to be one of the serpent people. And Detective Thompson... My man finally seeing the truth. So you see this serpent-like figure, but man-sized. Uh, it has with stubby legs. It has sm- small legs uh, with retrograde joints at the bottom of them, uh, but regular knees at the top. Its arms are longer than its legs. They're skinny and have uh, very long fingers at the end of these arms. The serpent looks at you with its slitted pupils centered in yellow-green eyes. The rest of his body finishes morphing into its hideous form, and that's when Detective Thompson something snaps in your brain. Give me a sanity roll. All right, get some dice together.
3: Sometimes I hate my awful, awful luck. Um, so I rolled a seventy-nine out of my
1: seventy-three. Oh, beat! I know, you right? Spend, you can't spend oh. luck on sanity. Nope. So, Detective Thompson, you shout at the top <gasps> of your lungs. Yep. <clears throat> you take a gasp of air and then let it all out in a shout. You hear it, but it doesn't sound like your own voice, but you know it's coming from you. And Holy you're going to lose four sanity points.
3: All right. Um, just hang on to those Ouch. for me. I'm going to come back for them.
1: But the sanity points? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Brings you to 69. All right, so you lose four sanity points and you start to run for the door.
2: <gasps>
1: run towards the door that you came in. You go to turn the knob. The knob turns, but the door won't open. You look up and you see that there is a top lock on there. And from behind you, you hear, You will find that escape will be quite difficult, Detective Thompson. You gotta, you gotta jiggle
4: it while you're turning. Just like, kind of, you gotta jiggle it <laughs> a little. Let me, let me do it. <laughs>
2: It's an old doorknob, but I like to keep the aesthetics of the house original.
0: <laughs> Notice how the paint and all the doorknobs match.
3: I'm <laughs> um, oh, sorry, I couldn't help it. Uh, I guess, uh, I mean, I guess I just keep turning that knob, trying to, I mean, we So you
1: have like one foot up on the wall, like trying to pull the door?
3: Yeah, I guess, is, is, is,
1: it, is the Ophidian coming up behind me? As I'm um, at the door, or are they just still stand in the same spot, You don't hear them approaching, but you're not looking towards them, so you're not sure. All right, well, when I find difficult with the door, I probably spin around with my back to the door, kind of see how it proceeds. This monstrous figure holds its hands up, and he says,
4: "Do not fear, detective. I am not going to harm you. My name is Rogfim, and I must warn you, the Chief Sambor's real name." Is Igthill, and he has come to realize that you have knowledge of our race, Detective Thompson.
3: uh,
4: uh he's one of you. Damn. It's all real. It is all too real, Detective Thompson. We can smell hormones that you involuntarily expel when Igthill placed the cassette tape that captured him killing the man in the interrogation room. He could smell the fear coming off of you. You stink of it right now. <laughs> you have eliminated our cultivator of the Black Lotus, and that is one step closer to stopping Igthil, Mardok, Higfrit, and the others.
3: I don't... I don't even know what's going through my head, honestly. Um... I don't even know how much of that I would retain.
1: Uh, (laughs) Uh, Well, he starts to approach you slowly. Get get back. I'm armed. Just stay over there. He stands back and puts his hands up again. Am I able to, like, talk? You certainly can try to talk if you'd like. Just just keep my hand up.
3: Um, Still kind of fumbling with the the doorknob behind me. Mm Mm-hmm. Trying to get the lock, I guess, but uh
1: you look up and I, you see that uh, the lock has a keyhole on it. It's not like one of the turn locks, uh Ooh. the top lock, you know.
3: Yeah, I'm done so.
1: Um how do you know who I am?
3: How did you get my address? He says,
4: I work at the police precinct under assumed identity.
3: Different from the one that I already saw?
4: I have many human forms I can take. Why, why are you telling me all this? Uh, I don't understand. He says, why have I chosen to help you? Well, over the past 100 years, I have grown in appreciation for humans, living through and impersonating them. I have learned of your capacity for both love and hatred, for acceptance and war. Your invention of television has not only helped us learn human languages, But show me your unmitigated capacity for imagination, storytelling, both moral ambiguity and justice. Your race is a fascinating and fragile one, whom I have come to identify with, and do not wish to see it come to a gruesome end. However, that does not make me any less of an Ophidian, and I do not want to see my race destroyed either.
3: I I don't... uh... What, what am I supposed to do? I mean, I... Uh, I, n- I know there's seven of you. Uh, what am I supposed to do? T- take care of all them?
4: I have not spoken to the others directly in a very long time. It has been 20 years since the last time I have come face to face with them under my original form or any form that they already knew that I had assumed. Uh,
3: so... So Gregor doesn't know you work at the police station?
4: He's unaware.
3: But yet he can smell my fear. Damn. <laughs> um uh, who do you know who who took over the the mob? Or do you know their names? How to find any of these?
1: Oh, things? oh I see what
4: you're saying.
3: Try to narrow down some names here.
4: The ones that are in your organized crime group are Mardok and Higfrit. I see. The imposter chief of police is Igthil.
1: And you are Rogvim. Ragvim. R-O-G-P-H-I-M. Yeah, that's... Um, of course. Uh. Detective,
4: I understand that this must be a lot to take in all at once. However, I believe that you know that this is a dire situation that we are in. I do not want to see you or the rest of the humans destroyed by my race. I have tried, tried to convince the others many years ago that we could wait another 200 million years for the next correct alignment of the stars during the Aquarian meter shower your race by then should already be extinct at the rate you are destroying the earth and the environmental conditions will be more suitable for us. My cohorts, however, are not as patient as I and will do anything to have our once great race achieve supremacy again through the slaughter of all humans.
3: Uh, That's pretty scary. Um, I, (laughs) I mean, I don't I still don't understand what you expect me to do, just uh, go and assassinate these guys one at a time? I mean, I don't... Do they have any weaknesses? Is it possible to hurt these things, or put them back to sleep? I do not relish being called a thing, detective. Um, uh, 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 of course, yes, right, uh, calm down, calm down. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um... What's your mouth? The, uh, uh, Ophidians. Uh, is there
4: any we are we are uh... Uh, what do you call it we are adverse to the cold
3: I mean it seems like jackets are enough coats Um, but yeah I suppose so Lenny uh, I think he had a plan involving that
4: are you the only one who knows about the Ophidians as far as you know
3: No, I was told about them from somebody that was working with your buddies Mardok and Higfrid. He, unfortunately, has passed. They got to him. Uh, But there are a few more, as far as I know. A group of scholars. They're not really combatants.
4: Ah, so you do have someone who has book knowledge.
3: Yes, speaking of which, there's uh, apparently there's a whole slew of books. Uh, that involve a lot of things. It includes you guys. But one of them is missing a volume uh, of... A volume of books
4: about the Ophidians?
3: Seem to... I mean, I don't really know if that's what it was about, but some of it was, yeah.
4: This is strange. I have never heard of such a book. Our existence is supposed to be a secret.
3: Uh, As far as I know, there's at least... One other book that mentions you guys, uh, and then, the, of course, the cult.
4: Of course the cultists know but about We us. may
3: have killed one of your followers.
4: Oh, yes. I already know that you have disposed of Yuki. Speaking of which detective.
1: And he turns around and goes into the kitchen. And, uh... Well, do you follow him into the kitchen? No, I think, um...
3: I mean, with the failed sanity roll, I think I'm still trying to get out. And if he is trying to get away, I might try to pull out my lockpicks. Okay. I mean,
1: much I must want to stay and talk to him. Well, that's Hopefully up to you. If you're still trying to get away, that makes sense to me. Uh, yeah. You just want to try to get away from the source of everything, of your uh, you know, fear and insanity. Yeah. Preservation mode a little bit. Yeah, it makes sense. So while he goes to the kitchen, you can give me a locksmith roll if you want suddenly I feel like I'm trying
3: to escape like the house in Texas Chainsaw or something. That is a 23. Uh, which
1: will do it. Uh, not quite hard pass, though. One short. Okay, one short of a hard pass. Well, um, okay. With a, with a regular pass, uh, it'll take you a minute to get to open this lock like uh maybe like two minutes uh hard pass will take you probably closer to like 30 seconds
3: I'm gonna save my point of luck because
1: i at I'm down to 11. okay um, and uh I kind of want him to catch
3: me and get me keep me from leaving <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right so you're standing there and uh you feeling the first tumbler start to click into place then you see the serpent's head peek out from around the kitchen and he goes Detective, please! I do not mean you any harm. And he, you see, he's carrying—he's carrying a pot, and he lays it down on the floor between you and him. i, I stop and pocket my tools. I
3: guess—is
1: it—is there a lid on it? There was no lid on it. It is a flower pot.
3: Okay, not like a. Oh, right. I thought like a stove, like a something from the the kitchen.
2: Like he was making you guys some spaghetti.
1: I thought there was gonna be a head in there. <laughs> No, it is a it is a flower pot, uh-huh. and you look inside of it, and it has one of those black, like a very small black lotus in there. Hmm. He offers you this uh, black lotus and tells you that you can do as you wish with it. It's a it's a peace offering from him. Very well. Is it a he? I mean, I don't um, really know.
3: I look. I check the cloaca. No, <laughs> I don't. Well.
1: Um do you No I don't inquire.
3: Ask? Um, okay. <laughs> no, I, I leave it at that. Um So uh, I mean that is Ithgil like uh the the mastermind here or is if I take care of him, will that be it?
4: Says no. There is a conspiracy. A city wide conspiracy. Pabst and whiskey. <laughs> citywide conspiracy <laughs>
2: Five
4: dollars. Um, there is a conspiracy, a citywide conspiracy. Not only is the chief of police one of us, the mayor is as well.
1: His real name is Glaxoth. G L A K Z O T H. Thanks.
3: That's easier to spell than I thought. Yes. It's probably harder <laughs> in there.
4: So, <laughs> Mayor Good is one of us now. His assistant is as well. Really? His, his assistant, Miles Pearson.
3: Miles Pearson is the Ophidian name?
1: K A O L O B A L. That's what I got, neat. Um,
3: Miles, mayor, uh, secretary.
1: So um, that makes one, two, three,
3: four, five. One, I don't know about then. If there's seven that are awake, um, not that you mentioned that, but I may have heard that there were seven that. Oh no, you did mention that, right? No, how do we find out about the seven heralds? Yuki
0: told Yuki. us. Yuki. Uh, yeah. The the and by us I mean Heather, the real uh, investigator here. But we all <laughs> talked about that in the car. Yeah. yeah. Well.
3: Yeah. Um. Uh, Yuki mentioned that there were seven heralds
4: awake. Says yes, detective. I am, I am the sixth of the heralds. There is one, however, that is not accounted for. We none of us know where he has gone. That is the herald known as Drellbith.
1: Drelbith. D r e l b i t h. He sounds like a bith.
2: I wonder. Oh my God! Is it? Uh.
3: So I mean. You guys can't identify each other in your disguises. There's nothing that clues you in if another Ophidian is around.
4: There is no distinguishable way to tell us apart from a human when we are in our disguises.
3: Hmm. So Gerald Biff is the, uh, is the wild card here. Could be anywhere, could be across the world, could uh, be sitting in front of a TV. Uh, That would be ideal if if he was the only one that agreed with you, one less to worry about.
4: Uh, He says to you, um, he says, Yes, we have all grown to love your TV.
3: (laughs) You know, it'll rot your brain.
4: (laughs) It has proved a useful device.
3: It's great for killing time, that's for sure.
2: (laughs) Do you think they, like, learned, like, from Sesame Street? Like, all cute. Oh, I hope so. (laughs) That's so cute.
4: That is where I learned your human numbers. One. (laughs) Batty, batty, batty. Two.
2: I like the one that lives in the trash can.
4: (laughs) (laughs) His little worm friend is the <gasps> cutest.
2: Oh my god, Slimy. They probably <laughs> love fucking Slimy. It is the cutest.
4: Whatever happened to
3: Barkley the dog? <laughs> oh, that was my favorite. All right. um.
1: Uh, yeah. Says,
4: Detective, I realize that this must be a burden on your mind. <sighs>
3: That's all I'd <it's> say. <laughs>
4: <laughs> However, I wanted you to know that the threat is very real.
3: Well, I'm learning a lot uh, in a very short amount of time. You'll have to excuse me, I never knew there were Ophidians among humans. I never knew anything like this was real. Uh, some of the other people I mentioned uh, have some other odd stories as well. About strange things, monsters, creatures and rituals
1: for that matter uh, this serpent person uh, spins his tail around in a circle and sits on it like it's a chair that's awesome, I it am is. jealous and he says
4: detective, perhaps we can help each other I do not wish to see my race or myself destroyed, so please, do not tell anyone of my existence, and I will help you as much as I can to help preserve the human race.
3: Also, if I talk about it, I'll say it was an anonymous tip. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll obviously have to share some info with anyone that might help.
4: Yes, that is understandable, Detective Thompson, but please do not give my location or my heritage away.
3: Sure. Um, I'm still not exactly sure what I'm expected to do with the flower. I I have no way of making it into a uh, hallucinogen, a poison. I mean, maybe I know someone who could, but... I might have to kill some of these Ophidians that you've named. You realize that? I mean, it's the only way to stop it.
4: He says, I do realize, detective, that this will be the only way to put an end to it. They will stop at nothing to try to extinguish the humans.
3: Now what, what is it that is going to occur that wakes up the rest of your Ophidian people? Um, how can we stop that specifically?
4: He says, I'm not exactly sure what the entire plan is, Detective. I know the placement of the pieces on the board, but have no idea how the chess game is supposed to play out.
3: I see. Is it because of your, um, aversion to the others? Yes. This Ifgil, or Igfil, uh, Sambor, is he the the leader of this group, or would it be Glaxov, the mayor, or... I mean is it, is there any way maybe taking out one will, uh, you know, topple the other pieces so to speak?
4: Depending on what the plan is, would determine on who to take out. Would we have to take them all out, I'm not sure.
3: Hmm. So, I have to find one of them that knows anything and interrogate them. Perhaps, under uh, the effects of this uh, hallucinogen.
4: Now, they will be much more susceptible to your questions under the effects of the Black Lotus, detective.
3: Are, is the Ophidian, um, uh, are your people resistant to poisons or toxins at all? Because apparently uh, they seem quite adept at using them and uh, injecting them through fangs.
4: I assume? He says... Yes, Detective. We have much knowledge of toxins and poisons. We have a venomous bite as well. Uh, Much like some of your regular run-of-the-mill snakes.
3: Uh, Are
4: you resistant
3: to poisons and toxins? Are there any that you're not?
4: We are resistant to all snake venom. We are resistant to the Black Lotus, however, we are not immune to its effects.
3: Okay, so I gotta... gotta go to Big Dose.
4: That would be the best bet, Detective.
3: Multi-dose it. Um, now, who do you think might know the most? I might be able to get closest to Sambor, technically, but if he's onto me... Maybe one of the other ones doesn't know yet. i go for them. Any idea?
4: The ones that are in the mafia, I think, would know most of the plan, at least. Okay. If you can interrogate them.
3: It's fine. That's uh, that actually works out well. Lenny needs his payback.
1: <laughs>
2: Avenge him. Um. Avenge.
3: <laughs> I need my brain to chill for a minute. You might want to
1: move on or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, what time is it right now? It's like eleven at night. Now, what has Heather been doing that time? She just did. She go to bed yet?
2: Um. Well, I was like translating. I called Byberry, and then I called um, Walter. I'm gonna bring him mm-hmm. some stuff to the hospital. So, I guess it would be like backtracking a little bit. But I'm, I would be bringing him the books that he wanted.
1: All right, we'll say that takes you a little bit of time to collect all that stuff, get a cab.
2: Yeah, bring him coffee and cardigan and shit like that. Right,
1: yeah. By the time you get to the hospital, let's say it's like 9 o'clock. Okay. Takes you about two hours to get everything all situated.
2: So they'll probably, I don't even know if, like, maybe I have to give it to someone or maybe I have like an hour left of time like visiting Mm -hmm. time at the hospital since he's still in the icu i don't know how that works
1: yeah well when you get there they do tell you the visiting hours end at eight o'clock okay but uh they do say that if you have anything for mr pendergast we'll be happy to bring it to him
2: okay um thank you and i ask if they have a piece of paper because i want to write him like a note but i would not write on his books not his precious books
1: so they give you a little nice. piece of scrap paper.
2: Um, and I just write to him that Raquel is going to get me Bradfield's address.
1: Okay. Bradshaw.
2: Bradshaw. XOXO Heather.
1: All right. So, Heather, what do you do after you drop that stuff off for Walter?
2: Um, How far is the hospital from my apartment?
1: Uh, how are you... Getting. I
2: would get a cab, but if it was super far, I'm assuming she doesn't know.
1: It's not super far. It's like, yeah, it'd be like a 20-minute cab drive or something like that.
2: Okay. I want to get a cab and just kind of scope it out, see if any lights are on, see what it's looking like. Like if there's lights on at the apartment, see if it looks like there's people in there.
1: At your apartment?
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: If you look at your window... Uh, you can see some like very faint light flickering in there. Okay. Uh, it looks like a bluish light.
2: Should I listen? Um, I'm going to go and listen. Listen? Yeah. I'm assuming I still have my keys to the front door to get up and just like listen to my door.
1: Okay, so you put your ear up to the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me a listen roll.
2: 36. Yes.
1: 36. I have 50. Out of 50. All right. So as you're listening through the door here, you hear uh, someone kind of talking back and forth a little bit. It sounds like two people having a conversation. But then you hear what sounds like some old lady say,
2: where's the bee? (laughs) (laughs) And does it sound the same like volume and tone as the previous two voices? Like it's all coming from the TV?
1: Yeah, it sounds like it's all coming from a TV.
2: Okay, Um, is the apartment door, like, lined up to where there would be a place to, like, dodge around a corner or go down steps if I was to knock on the door and then slink away?
1: The door opens inwards. Right. I mean, you can kind of peek in and then jump back if you need to.
2: All right, I'm going to do that, but away from the door. I just want to see if it opens, if I, like, bang on it.
1: Okay, you're going to use your key?
2: No, I was just going to bang on it. Oh, wait, I could just open it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's your apartment.
2: I know, but I kind of want it like the lead on like getting away if it's Radshaw. You know what I mean? Like I want it to knock, go towards the door and just see if I see the door open or any light come out of it.
1: I see. I don't want to
2: be close enough to be grabbed.
1: Right. That makes sense. All right. So you knock on the door and you wait for anything... Unusual. You keep your ear up to it after knocking. And you just hear the TV still. You don't see any other lights come on underneath the door or anything.
2: Okay.
1: It seems like just the TV's on in the apartment.
2: Okay. I'm going to look in. I'm going to use my key.
1: Okay. Put your key in. Turn the lock. Open it up. And you see the faint glow of the TV illuminating the room. You don't see anyone in the room as you look around, though. Okay. Uh, you turn and uh, look in the small kitchenette. Doesn't seem like anything's weird, no one's there. Look around the other corner towards your room. You know, your door's closed, doesn't seem anything's out of order. But then you turn and look down the hall further towards Ginger's room, you see the doors open and like there is just like a pile of shit, like clothes, and uh, uh, you see, like, shoes and trinkets and things uh, that are just kind of f- spilling out of her door.
2: Okay. But I don't hear any movement. I don't...
1: Nope.
2: Alright, I'm gonna go look and see what's going on in her room.
1: Alright, so you go into her room and you see her closets have been emptied, her drawers are all pulled open from her dresser, and uh, you see, like, a bra hanging off of one of them, and uh, it looks like someone came in here and just like took all her clothes.
2: Okay, do I see any books laying around?
1: Let's have a spot hidden roll.
2: Rosie, we'll sixty-one. I will. Sp- I will spend three luck points. I have fifty-eight.
1: Okay, with that pass, you are absolutely positive there are no weird books here.
2: <laughs> you dickhead. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> you even had a face like, ooh, I don't know. Maybe there are <laughs> books around. You should probably do it. In my head, you're talking like Adam Sandler. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh how <many> do?
2: <laughs> how where's the books at
3: <laughs> it was really good
2: uh, oh, this making Chuck so mad
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to eat here
2: uh okay I'm gonna if I see any money I'm gonna take jewelry and money and I'm gonna roll out
1: okay there is some jewelry in there that's still there you know that Ginger only wears real jewelry so all that gold jewelry that's in there all that sterling silver is all real stuff uh she didn't seem to take much of her jewelry with her, but she did take uh where you know she keeps her uh cash. You see in fact there's a couple of uh coins and bills that are on the floor in front of her cash box.
2: No like MAC card laying around. Uh her pin's probably her birthday.
1: You passed that spot hidden roll. Yeah. <laughs> she has a there there is a uh Mac card laying on the ground there.
2: Perfect. Gonna go
1: tap Mac. For those of you who don't know, Mac was Money Access Center. You had to attack <laughs> Mac. All
2: right, take that, take your jewelry.
3: People still say that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> take your jewelry, take some, some of the cash that's there, and yeah. her Mac card.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Not that you know her.
2: It's probably her birthday. <laughs>
1: Come on. That's what everyone's says, is, right? <laughs>
2: Isn't everyone's just their birthday stuff? So.
1: That's the pin. All right, so you grab all that stuff. Uh, What else do you do while you're home?
2: Maybe a bag of clothes for me. Um, I guess that's it. I'm going to go back to uh, Raquel's house and keep learning that spell.
1: Okay. All right, so you uh, go back to Center City after uh, picking up some clothes and stuff. Go back to Raquel's house and um, give me one more... Uh, intelligence roles. Let me, let me know if you get harder, better. Oh,
2: that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hmm.
2: Oh yeah, thirty-one. I got eighty-five.
1: That's a hard pass. Yeah. All right. So these words, not while you're writing them down, you're going back and like rereading them, and you're like learning the first half of it quicker then you you know add a little bit more you're like studying it as you're writing it down you're starting to pick this up pretty quick actually sweet phonetically phonetically too
2: nice so i tell him a fast fireball um (laughs) you're a rocket i call walter to see if he got the stuff i don't know if it's too late and he's sleeping
1: Walter, do you think you're sleeping right now?
0: No, most likely he'd be up um, plotting different lines. He already had the four books, so uh, I guess he would have finished up one and moved on to two just do it sequential order.
1: All right. Well, Walter, with all this uh, time you have right now, um, you know, you'll probably get done these plotted lines uh, pretty quick, actually. However... Walter, as you're in your bed and, you know, plotting out these lines and everything, one of the nurses comes in, uh, nurse practitioner,
0: comes in and says, uh, Mr. Pendergast, how are you feeling this evening? Uh, well, much better, actually. You guys did a great job, and he kind of appraises the, uh, the bandage work. And uh, she goes, speaking of which, let me take a look there.
1: And uh, she undoes some of the bandage, some of the uh, tape around the bandages, looks underneath it and she goes oh well she puts it back down again and goes Mr. Pendergast this is a very very serious burn that you have on your chest here unfortunately we think we're going to have to do skin grafts
0: oh
4: yeah
0: that's uh boy that's pretty intense Uh, I guess with all the adrenaline and uh everything that's that's gone on lately uh I didn't really get a chance to take a good look at it. Well, I think you're feeling the effects of of it right now. You're probably feeling pretty weak. They say that when you get uh, third degree burns that it sears the nerves. Is that why I'm not in such intense pain, perhaps?
1: That's the only explanation for it. However, your skin is so incredibly damaged that we're going to have to uh, take donor skin from another part of your body and place it over it.
0: Oh, my. He's probably got a pretty gruesome look on his face. Come butt skin on your chest.
1: What's <laughs> up there, ass chest? Mm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the jerky voice.
4: Yeah.
3: Hiney tits.
4: <laughs> Hiney tits.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, gosh, that's uh, pretty pretty terrible news. I, uh, he probably looks... A little distant and uh you know ponders what that means and all mm-hmm. for a moment.
1: And she explains to you the technical aspects of it.
0: I mean is this is this a hundred percent or is this something that's still a chance of not needing? I mean, uh what's what's your medical opinion there if you were to give it a chance?
1: She says to you that, well, um I think the surgery will be necessary, mister Pendergast. Your body just can't handle the type of injury that you have received um, the surgery is has a next to 100% success rate given that the uh, skin is coming from you and not an outside donor
0: well that's definitely a plus uh, when would we begin all this business I got a bunch of skin in the car
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: it's not 100% but it should be plenty
2: thank how we right. saved it
1: <laughs> so Um I'm
0: sorry, I'm sorry, what was the twist in there, Chad? Um you know, he kind of thinks off for a moment and mm-hmm. gets distracted by the thought of um whether or not that skin changing ability might have any use in this situation, but mm-hmm. not that he would mention that to her. Right, uh, of course, so of course. Allow me to try can... something, Doctor. Yeah. <laughs>
2: don't worry about it i'll just morph into somebody else don't even <laughs> <I got you. laughs>
0: it's like um uh listen you know this is a lot to take in maybe i could uh, sleep on it tonight and we could discuss this at greater length uh, later on
1: she goes of course of course um we can have you in the or as early
0: as tuesday hmm. um that's uh, definitely good to know um yeah, I guess uh, I still want want to think about it some more. It's a lot to take in.:
1: Of course, Mr. Pendergast, of course, you know, uh, take your time. The attending doctor will be in to see you uh, tomorrow morning, probably around eight o'clock.
0: mm. righty, thanks. And uh, he's probably like half paying attention, half lost in thought. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, and the nurse leaves your room. And he kind of sighs, looks down to the floor, kind of palms his forehead, just uh, looking pretty sad, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Walter, uh, things ain't going your way right now.
0: mm mm Mm-mm.
1: But let's go back to Detective Thompson. What is he doing in the face of this serpent person, this Ophidian, who's trying to help you? Trying to help you stop the rest of them?
3: I wouldn't say I'm comfortable with him at oh, all. Oh, no. Uh, no. No, no, no,
1: no, um, He's still standing away from you with his hands in the air.
3: I was having fun watching you guys. I, f- I forgot to think about it.
2: <laughs> I do it every single time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: <laughs> I get so invested in what you guys are saying. I'm like, oh, what's Heather doing? I don't know, probably sleeping. Let's go back to what everybody else was doing. Sleeping. <laughs> Obviously <sorry>, sleeping. So- <laughs>
0: Some cereal, you know, a little peanut butter toast. I'll tell them we're due in the coffee and go back to bed. Mm-hmm. Nice.
3: I, uh, I mean, it's all so much to think about. I need some time. Uh, I don't really know what else I can accomplish here right now.
4: He says, understandable detective, please take some time to digest all of this information.
3: How should I contact you?
4: You have my number.
3: All right. I'll uh, try to keep from calling it from home. Just in case.
4: A good idea, detective.
3: Now, this employee at the at the precinct
1: uh, has a different number, I assume. Um, give me a psychology roll. <laughs>
3: That is an 86, which is not. No, nah, it's not 40. Come on, nope.
2: Shock. Want to know? Is nope. it the girl that has a crush on you? Is it the guy that's obsessed with you? Who is he? Uh,
3: mostly asking for your safety and mine. Um If they're looking at my records, they recognize it.
4: Well, he says to you, "Of course, the number is not the same, detective." Uh.
3: I guess you've been around a lot longer. <laughs> Silly me. Um it seems like I got a lot of preparation to take care of. Uh and that doesn't even begin to hmm There had to be seven, huh? Had to be seven. Five that we know of that we gotta worry about.
4: Yep. Yeah.
3: I hope Gerald is like a surfer or something cool and he just doesn't care. He's just like (laughs) off doing his thing.
2: Cowbunga dudes. (laughs) Sup,
0: bro? No, 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 man. I'm not like my friends, bro. Like, I seriously, like, I'm totally chill with the human race. Like, you guys and me, like, pfft. Nah, man. We go way back, bro. (laughs) That guy sounds all right.
2: Yeah, he does. I'm just trying to shred. Chemo savvy.
1: (laughs) Fucking A, dude. All right. so uh do you guys go home all rest up well i mean walter doesn't go home
3: uh yeah, yeah Um, i excuse myself um i kind of do like a circle around thing after i ask them to open the door stay at least at a arm's length i'm pretty nervous still okay i got my hand in my pocket on the taser just Keep in your case hand on that thing um but uh i think uh get some sleep and begin to prepare
1: some, something tomorrow, I suppose. Put together some plan. Alright, so you back out of that door slowly, and uh, you, as you're backing out, you see the uh, serpent person uh, start to change back into a that female figure. <gasps> the um,
2: sexy lady? Oh my god, that's yeah. So cool.
1: Yeah, he's just yeah you see you see his structure of his face start to uh, elongate into more human face and then I don't like, uh, that. The, it, it, like the nose starts to grow out of it of its uh nostrils Ooh. yeah Weird. Um, but it shifts into a, it's a
3: human form and then my sanity shifts back to 73 from 69
2: 69.
3: He's shaking his head no for the listeners. It's it's, it's a very disappointed face. I I tried. I I tried, George. That's the power of magic. Yes, it is. Um,
1: (laughs) It's the power of love.
3: It's a curious thing.
1: Okay, so everyone kind of crashes out for the night. Heather, you crash at Raquel's house? Yeah. Okay. After a long night of translating and interpreting and spelling things out phonetically... Heather, give me a Constitution roll.
2: Three. Ooh. I feel like that, that didn't three. need to be that good of a number. I feel like I could have saved that mm-hmm. for something else.
3: Make a one man weep and another man sing. Now it's stuck in my head, <laughs> thanks,
2: George. <laughs> the, the power of love. Yeah, so it's an extreme. Not that I'm not excited. I just feel Extreme, dude. Extreme. (laughs) Whoa. Drillbith, take it easy.
1: (laughs) Uh, Hold on one second. Let me just pull up the calendar real quick. Okay. All right. So, uh, everyone's pretty exhausted and everything uh, from their very long days I'm going to say no one has any crazy dreams that night, or at least no memorable ones.
0: Walter does finally succumb to the idea that there's probably no magical solution or anything crazy like that, and goes to bed dwelling on the uh, thought of how unsightly his butt will probably look after they (laughs) peel back a few dozen layers to Uh, strap onto his chest.
1: Yep, Gonna have it. Gonna have a funky butt.
2: Do I get a hit point Mm -hmm. back for sleeping? And getting sure do. such an extreme constitution. Mm-hmm.
1: Everyone does. And we're going to start the next day. Very lovely. Okay, it is now Monday. The first day of the week. The yes. first day of the week, yes. Yeah.
2: If it was normal.
1: So, uh, wake up in the morning, uh, Walter... The attending doctor comes in around eight o'clock. You've slept pretty much through the night, very heavily. Uh, your body's pretty weakened from
0: trying to heal itself. Imagine they probably got to be dosing me up with painkillers. Oh yeah, yeah. And, probably uh, got a little IV drip going. All right. So the uh,
1: attending doctor comes in and wakes you up, and he goes, "Oh, Mr. Pendergast, sorry, uh, sorry, didn't mean to, uh, didn't mean to wake you there, but." my nurse uh came to you last night and probably discussed with the possibility of the skin graft surgery yeah she did says well it's it's my medical opinion that uh it is going to be uh, beneficial the benefits will outweigh any sort of risks to it
0: he nods um yeah i guess uh, there's not many options uh I still haven't really seen it all that well, but uh, I'll trust your opinion on the severity of the wound. Trust me, it is,
1: it is a bad one. It's one of the worst uh, centralized ones that I've seen in a long time. Hmm.
0: Well, I'm thankful for your care.
1: He says, uh, we'll, we'll be taking good care of you, Mr. Pendergast. I'll have my scribe come in and draw up the paperwork for your surgery for you that you can sign. Scribe? Okay. What's a scribe?
3: Is that a real thing?
1: <laughs> what, having a medical scribe? What's
2: yeah. a medical scribe?
1: I have a feeling like, medieval fantasy. You no, know, medical scribes, like, the doctor will just say things, and then someone else writes them down in the chart.
2: Huh. Yeah. I told you guys, I barely have a grasp on the English language. I told you.
0: <laughs> Somebody got to write it down in 1985. Long story short is what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. So... You sign up for your surgery.
1: Uh, They say they're going to get you in tomorrow for that. But you have all day to just work on these books that Heather brought you. After the doctor leaves, you look over and you see a pile of books next to your bed. And there is a note on there from Heather. And it says, It's held there with a knife. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What What does the note say, Heather?
2: It just said that I'm going to get Professor Bradshaw's address off. Raquel in the morning.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Right. Well, it's good to see that things aren't slowing down with my impeded progress, he thinks to himself. (laughs) Um, And
1: uh, anything you want to accomplish in the hospital today,
0: Walter? I mean, you're kind of bedridden. So, with the things that you brought there, Heather, was the translated version of what Raquel was working on with those things? Mm hmm. Oh.
2: I have my own copy now since I'm still doing it with her, but you have everything that was up to date as of yesterday, I guess.
0: Oh, like all the spells? Oh,
1: I see. No, you were only working on one, and you were working on one too.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. You each were working on a single spell. Yeah. Okay, so just those two. Mm-hmm. That's good to know. Uh, well, he kind of, um, I almost want to say like greedily, like, not snatches it up, but, like, you know, he acquires it and kind of looks around to see if he's, like, alone for a moment mm-hmm. that he can kind of devour this knowledge.
1: I see. Okay. <laughs>
0: He'd probably start to look over that, putting the uh, the lines aside for a bit. I mean, he must have gotten some progress with them yesterday, so. Absolutely. You're coming along pretty well. Yeah. Just too many lines. Books and books of lines.
2: Just lines. Mm-hmm.
0: So tedious after a while. Not even going to use it. Tesseract, type of cubes and shit. We <laughs> don't even need it. We'll stop it. He certainly doesn't want to use it, but yeah. I think as a, a fail safe, he wants to be ready in case they do need to use it. If you it. don't get a skin graft when you
3: age 10 whole years, will that skin be back? Hmm. You yeah. know? Right? It's just because it'll probably grow back in 10 years. It'll probably look gross.
1: Oh, it'll definitely look gross. Uh, let's go to what Heather's doing. Heather, you wake to the smell of uh, coffee and bacon. You wake up, look around and you see over in the kitchen that Raquel is there. She's in a, uh, already in a pantsuit. hmm And she is, uh, frying up some bacon. Looks like you see some toast pop out of the toaster. She grabs that, puts some butter on it, uh, puts some on a plate for you. So and, nice. and, uh, she puts a plate on the dining room table and uh says oh you're awake good here come over uh have some breakfast i gotta get out of here you can lock up behind yourself uh but i gotta get to class
2: oh thank you good morning um would you mind getting that address for me i mean i know i'm living in your house and eating all your food but can you do me another favor and get me bradshaw's (laughs) address today
1: she says, "Um, yeah, well, when I said lock up behind you, is there a place that I could call you that, Um, you know, isn't here?
2: Yeah, just, um. I guess I give her Walter's number. I'll just go to Walter's house. Okay. I don't know if that's dangerous, but I'm going to go there.
1: So she says, okay, I'll give you a call at Walter's house then. <laughs> All right, so that's where you're going to head off to. Uh, anyone else have anything you want to accomplish today? Any goals? I assume I have to
3: go to work, or at least show my face somewhat, right? Yeah, you do. Like, everything's normal. Yeah. Um so at least for the morning, um I'm gonna do like whatever paperwork I'm probably behind on. Okay. You know, I'm sure there's this shit builds up. I see it in T V shows.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as you're uh as you're Going through your paperwork on your desk, and you know your blinds are open. You see these cops, you know, walking by. and See uh, different been, officers going through, uniformed, ununiformed. I've been practicing breathing all day, and yeah. staying calm.
3: And I'm gonna, and I'm gonna beat this, and he's not gonna catch I'm a whiff. Not
2: gonna smell it. Just meditate. And he's not
3: gonna, not gonna smell none of my, my fears. Think, but. I'm eyeing everybody as they go by. <laughs>
1: exactly, yeah, eyeing them up. You're like, is that, is that the Ophidian? Is that the Ophidian?
3: Doing my paperwork, I'm calm. Oh, not even, not even for the Ophidian. I was thinking more Sambor, I'm, I'm worried about. or uh, sample. Yeah, the, I mean, that makes sense. Which one's that one, Igfil? Igg, Iggthil, yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll call him Iggy. Iggy. I would call Walter, I think, at some point, too.
1: Okay. All right, so as you're doing your work, um, things are kind of boring at work right now, but no one has bothered you in your office or anything like that since you've entered into it. So after about an hour or two, you decide to call Walter. Mm -hmm. Walter, it's approaching noon at this point.
0: Cool. All
1: right, and you get a phone call uh, on the uh, telephone next to your bed.
0: You hear it ring. Um, Probably uh, pretty stir-crazy and picks it up rather quickly. Yeah. Maybe by the first or second ring at best. Walter, it's Detective Thompson. How are you feeling? <laughs> uh, well, the good news about third-degree burns is that you don't really feel the pain as much. But uh, there was discussions of skin grafts, so that wow. certainly comes with the... Uh, Deeper concerns, but the doctors uh, seem to think it's the way to go. Uh, you haven't really seen the wound, but uh, I mean, I'm inclined to agree with them and take their advice.
3: Been trying to keep my
1: uh, face bandage clean myself.
3: How is <laughs> how does that look,
1: by the way, George? It's like blistery on your face right now. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um.
0: You know, I think uh, I think I overheard something about visiting hours till 8 o'clock if there's ever any updates and uh, you want to stop by for some coffee that isn't terrible uh, you know maybe you could bring some because the coffee here is terrible Uh, (laughs) we could talk and catch up sometime I'd like to go over some things anyway Um, things that
3: probably involve some of your professor friends well I guess we're all wrapped up in this now anyway so I'll uh, talk to you later when I'm finished with work.
0: Hmm. Okay, that sounds great. Uh, I'll be here. It's kind of boring. There's books, but I uh, can't really do much. So uh, I'll look forward to your call. And I hang up. Click.
1: All right. Um,
0: so, Heather,
1: mm-hmm. you had your. Uh, you, you ate your little breakfast up there of uh, bacon and toast. Um, you went and uh, you you went to Walter's house. Mm -hmm. Come around noon or so, Walter's phone rings.
2: I answer it.
1: And uh, you answer it, very good. You say hello, and the other end go, uh, you hear Raquel's voice go, Heather, is that
2: you? Yeah, Raquel, it's me.
1: Oh, okay, great. Uh, Listen, I have the address of Professor Bradshaw. Here, let me give it to you. And she gives you the address and it's in Westchester.
2: Damn. Okay.
1: It's around noon. What do you do from there?
2: Uh, I'm going to page uh, Luke from Walter's house with that number. Maybe a little 911 so he calls back right away. I don't know.
1: Okay. Alright, so you, you page with Walter's number, right? Mm-hmm. Alright, so Detective Thompson, uh, right around noon or so, right around when you're about ready to take your lunch break, you get a page and you recognize it's Walter's number. Okay. Um, in that case,
3: I kind of uh, gather my, my things and uh, make to take my lunch immediately. Uh, I don't call from here. I leave the precinct. I'll uh, stop at a payphone.
1: Okay. All right, so you stop off at a payphone, call Walter's number and Heather the phone rings at Walter's house you pick it up and uh you guys say hello to each other
2: by the way I am saying hello in a different voice at first and I did some Raquel too because I'm scared that somebody's gonna come and get me here
1: okay all right okay well we'll uh we'll say you did hello. that. that's why she was like Heather yeah is that you? <laughs> hello yeah. <gasps> oh, George
2: really? hello hello <laughs> I said it close <gasps> the
1: door hold on one second
2: Hello. Billy, no, nope, no Walter here. Just dogs. <gasps>
0: mm-hmm, just those <laughs> <as>
2: doggos. <laughs> just those dogs hanging out, living in the house, playing and, cards. And
0: mm-hmm. the cat, playing with toys.
2: Mm-hmm. Meow.
0: You can hear the distinct bell in the background. <laughs>
1: All right. So you you guys got, talk to each other. Heather, you tell him that you have Bradshaw's address.
2: Yes, I tell him I have Bradshaw's address, and that, um... Like, does he want to come with me, or I'll just go alone, because... Like, should I wait for him? I'm sure he's not going to tell me to go alone, but...
3: It's probably better if you don't go alone. Um I'll swing by there. Not sure if they'll be watching. I doubt it now that... Well, I doubt they'll be watching the block anymore.
2: Okay, what time, uh... Do you think you'll be here, because I feel like Walter's probably going kooky, so I should probably update him, but I might just go there and hang out for a bit, see if he wants anything from his house before I go.
3: I planned on meeting up with him um, in a few hours, honestly, so uh, i swing by there after.
2: Okay, you want to just meet me there, and I'll just wait there?
3: Where, at the hospital?
2: Would that be safer for you to go there?
3: I think that's probably better. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. So you guys meet up at the hospital when? couple hours all right we'll say uh, two o'clock two in the afternoon okay all three of you convene at the hospital
0: in walter's room then before we do though mm-hmm. i am just a little curious about the translation uh i guess this is out of character knowledge but from what walter can glean can he gain an idea of um how detrimental to him this spell would be if he does in fact use it
1: um he doesn't know
0: that much of it yet. Okay.
1: He's gotten some of the good parts, but not, not the bad parts yet. Okay. All right. Um, so you guys all convene at the hospital to catch up with each other, and I'm going to have to end the episode there, guys. We're running short on time.
3: Right before the gang puts together <laughs> the master plan.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, so you guys are all there. Man, some juicy vittles tonight. Yeah, we'll pick up with all you guys at the hospital. Uh, so... Oh, two things. One, um, everyone gets a mythos bump. So everyone should have 5% in their Cthulhu mythos. Oh, because we've seen new stuff? Yeah, yeah, I forgot to give you those guys, that stuff. So for each new thing you saw, you get one more point.
2: Okay, so I have five. So,
1: so I'm gonna count Yuki's flaming aura as one. Okay, oh. then the seance as one. Okay, then uh, Thompson, you saw the uh, you saw the uh, serpent folk. That's one. Uh, Heather, you got dosed with the black lotus. So that's one. Everyone got their boost for the Wendigo, except Thompson, of course.
0: So he's at two?
1: No, the first instance gives you five automatically.
0: Okay. So then is Walter up to seven for the two percent that is seen here and then five from last. Okay. So that I'm at six?
1: You should be at six. Yeah. Thompson should be at six.
2: So I'm at eight.
1: You should be at eight, yeah. Really? Did you she didn't see an Ophidian
3: though, right? No, it's just the, the Yuki flames. What about Yuki skins? count one for the Yuki skin too and yeah. then she saw oh she saw the ophidian
1: lights yeah in the basement I don't know if that was like seeing an Ophidian but well no she got dosed by the black lotus so that's one
2: yeah and I saw her turn into a snake I mean not turn into a snake but didn't it seem like there was a giant snake talking to me
1: yeah um that was kind of a delusion
2: it was more just like kookiness
1: no it was just it was just you being crazy so I'm not gonna count that one I thought that was one down it, it gives insights it gives insights into the mythos sometimes but it doesn't much. yeah
2: okay so I got nine uh, I was hoping for double digits but whatever I'm being a brat
1: uh, that means your maximum sanity is 91
3: oh yeah the, the higher Cthulhu mythos the lower
1: your max sanity. maximum sanity Yeah. but it's rare that it goes up anyway yeah it, it doesn't go up that high yeah I was gonna usually. say I have
2: like seven so it doesn't matter <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, I guess that's gonna be it for us. I want to thank all our listeners. Special thanks to Tom Wink, Regis Philbin, Sarah Wiley, Anne-Marie Callahan, and Mike Earl. You guys are helping us keep the lights on here. Thanks everybody. Thanks everybody. Thanks, thanks you. so much. Better headphones. <laughs> Everyone remember that sanity is overrated. <laughs>
2: so stupid i don't understand it it's ah, crazy it's just like daylight savings time it doesn't make sense
3: that oh i think last year i heard we weren't doing that anymore and then this year
2: every year I, they're like
3: i heard it was the last one
0: oh, yeah i'm so over it i do like to fall yeah, back stupid. but springing ahead hurts you can't like not do it though why if not? you don't do it after like 25 years anybody who's like planting crops you know like it'll be off a significant amount it's weird what do you mean why can't they adjust their own clocks and get up earlier exactly. and I can get up at the same fucking time
2: what do you think the percentage of farmers is to everyone else
0: right I mean hey everybody's gotta eat
2: everything's
3: on automatic timers now you know they got like robots doing all that yeah. shit they can calendar
2: I got a freaking vegetable garden, and guess what? I still know how to do it.
0: <laughs> I don't believe you. That doesn't make sense.
2: What, <laughs> then I have a garden? <laughs> no, that's not thing about
0: I, I think I'm actually confusing it with leap years, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, that makes more sense. That's the way you said. Yeah, I'll leap years.
3: I I would leap backwards, too, if they wanted. That would be neat. Like but the time thing? I It, fuck, I can't,
2: it
0: hurts. Mm-hmm. It hurts so bad to do it anymore. I feel like they're <laughs> just like
2: fucking with us. <laughs>
0: fucks up sleep for like a month i don't i don't really get it though like doesn't everybody's phone just like do it automatically like i don't, I don't yeah see but feel.
3: i feel the effects like you know my body knows that it's it's uh, weird that stupid. i'm waking up okay. earlier like, w- why readjust
1: twice a year uh, i wish that i wish they would just do away with it like they keep saying they're going to but <laughs> <laughs> never fucking know anyway it is monday morning <laughs> Yeah, you're welcome, listeners.
2: Yeah, and that will be the episode of that Daylight Savings Time podcast. Uh, (laughs) There you go, Patreon subscribers. (laughs) You just heard us yell about Daylight Savings Time.
3: Rant like a bunch of old people about Daylight Savings.
2: (laughs) You know what happens when you're 40? You have a strong stance on Daylight Savings Time.
1: Oh, my God, for real. (laughs) Hey, this is George. Just a quick reminder to like, follow, and review us if you like what you're hearing. And if you want to support us and make our show better, head on over to our Patreon. You can always email us at contact at that with any comments, and you can follow us on Instagram at thatcthulhujohn.